Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back. Uh, We are recording on a Monday. So anyway, this will release on a Monday. So that works out nicely. How's it going? Good. We were getting pretty close. I think everything that we had recorded was being used up and we decided, hey, we better get on it if we're going to leave the listeners with an episode every Monday, trying to still figure out that balance. But keep going, I guess. Yeah, it worked out really nicely that we had kind of batch created some podcasts and had them uh, in waiting because we have had a busy couple of weeks, um, lots of good things happening and uh, and then, you know, just busy kind of things happening. And so uh, from senior things with our oldest daughter to surgeries to celebrating birthdays, it's been uh eventful to say the least in the Dillon household for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's just, it's part of life. Uh, life throws things at you. Um, broken thing, broken shoulders, broken, uh, water wells, you know, life keeps you on your toes, I guess, depending on the situation. Yeah. And I think just during this season and really August, August seems busy. August seems rushed, like trying to hurry up and fit everything in before school starts. But so thankful for the business and the lifestyle and just some of the routines and habits and things that we have spent years putting into place so that we can be available and present for all of the things that have come up recently that needed our attention. So um, definitely feeling very grateful today that we've both been able to handle the things that have come up and then also been able to enjoy the things that have come up. So it's been fun. Yep. Wouldn't trade it for the world. And I know that sometimes people view flexibility and view and it wasn't always this easy. We didn't always have this freedom and it took a lot of hard work, discipline and late nights to get here. So, you know, now that we're here, I think we are enjoying the fruits of our labor. The team is enjoying a more flexible uh, summer as well. I think we have some key leaders out this week uh, on vacations and moving kids into college and all that fun stuff that we'll experience next year, I guess, too. So all that it, it doesn't stop, you know, all the things that life throws at you. Yeah. So today talking about ways that we can help encourage ways that seasoned business owners can help encourage, let's say the next generation or people who are thinking about maybe wanting to be an entrepreneur or a business owner in the future, people who are wanting to do it now because they're not enjoying maybe the flexibility in their current position that they would like to enjoy later. So wanted to talk through that today of what it looks like to mentor or to help guide uh, the next generation of business owners. Yeah. um, We've been fortunate enough in our life um, 
from me in accounting and starting the business to have key mentors and still have those that we reach out to and bounce ideas off of and be close to you in teaching whenever you taught, uh, you still had mentors and that was maybe a little bit more formal of a buddy system in district, I think, uh, than just the freedom and flexibility that goes on with what I found uh, to where, Hey, you find somebody that you really respect and admire and you kind of go to them and you make it easy for them to spend time with you. And maybe, maybe that's not even physical time. Maybe they have a podcast, maybe they wrote a book and that's how you spend time first. And then there's a relationship that develops and things like that. So um, probably be speaking a lot today from both of our experiences on this. And then what we've also seen clients do and, um, you know, just other friends that are in business and in careers where they're now mentoring and leading others. Uh, so it'll be a good conversation. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it's easy for seasoned business owners to sometimes fall into more of a cynical attitude about business ownership because there is so much work that goes into it um, every day that you own the business for your whole entire life. So that work I think looks different as the seasons change, as you become more experienced, as your business changes and you can grow it into whatever you want it to look like. Uh, but that is not without uh, hours of thinking about it, working on it, planning for it, and then actually actually executing on it. And so I think it's very, very easy to um, maybe deter, discourage people from going into business ownership. And so what would you say to, um, I guess, what would you say to seasoned business owners who are kind of feeling that way, that they really discourage other people from starting their own business rather than encourage? You have to, you have to stay humble and remember where you came from. And I'm sure people, every owner was questioned or had second thoughts about some of the big decisions that they made along the way. And looking back, it looks like they made all the right decisions, especially if they're very successful, but in the moment, there was doubt. There was probably telling people telling them, you're not gonna make it, you're gonna fail. Are you sure this is the right thing to do? You've got young kids, whatever the situation. So I think going back to those times when maybe you were most vulnerable and putting yourself in that person's shoes, create, I mean, it's empathy, right? And then so it's just going back to that place and being thankful where you're where you're at, but then also giving a lot of grace to that person who has questions and, you know, they look up to you. So I think that's what you have to keep in mind as, as you transition to that mentor role for sure. Yeah. And I think too, and I don't know if you would agree, but someone who's a seasoned business owner is feeling like they don't think that a next generation should start their own business or they don't feel like that it has, uh, I guess, lived up to their expectations. 
perhaps they need to seek out, even though they're seasoned, seek out a mentor or seek out someone to talk to about changing the direction of their current business. So if it's not living up to the expectations, maybe there's a change that needs to happen. We have recently talked about burnout on a, a previous podcast. And so maybe they're kind of in that burnout feeling. Um, but a lot of times there's maybe some processes, some changes, maybe even some outsourcing, getting some help with some things that they're doing in their business that would allow them to go back to probably the excitement that they had and the passion they had when they first started out. So um, I would definitely say if you're a seasoned business owner and you can't find it in you to encourage someone else to follow in your footsteps, maybe you just need to change your path, change your direction um, so that you can get to a place where you can help and encourage others. Yeah. I think where you start with even that is you go back, you, you go back to your why and why did you start the business? Who did you set out to help and kind of go back to some of those early roots? And as business owners, as people that run businesses on a daily basis, we're guilty of it. And at, at some point there's just too much there. There's too many relationships. There's not enough value um, on maybe one side of the relationship or another. And you have to really prioritize where you spend your, your time and your efforts. And so, um, you know, may, maybe that is just to speak into, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel like there's just too many things in the day to do, or too many people to call back where, you, where's your impact going to be the greatest, who, who are you going to, you know, who are you going to make the biggest difference for? And so, um, We've had to do that multiple times over uh, the last 11 or 12 years um, just because, like like we said earlier, like life happens and uh, we would love to be able to serve everybody and hire everybody and make payroll and everything that goes along with that. But at the end of the day, you, you do have limitations um, that come along with, with being a business owner. All right. So then let's start out our conversation going back to those uh, prospective business owners, the people who are excited and ready to go, and they have this dream of, you know, a flexible lifestyle, being a business owner, creating a lot of wealth and legacy for their future families. What would you say is most important? They're ready to get started. They're ready to get started. They're un probably unhappy, you know, maybe with their current position. They just don't feel fulfilled yet in that position. And so they're ready to get started. What do you think is most important for them to consider first? Uh, the first question you have to ask yourself is, do you love it? Like, do can you see yourself doing this long-term, leading others to do this? Because that's the other piece, like even our transition I had to enjoy it so much up to a certain extent. And then you have to get others on the bus to multiply your efforts. And are you going to be willing, are you going to be able to talk others into doing what you had envisioned and realizing that it's, it's mainly your dream. Other people are joining you on the journey of, of being your, of being within your business. And so how, how can you communicate your vision are you that passionate of about it? And so this has come up multiple times, um, probably in the last two to three years where either a prospect or an existing client, they may work a W2 job and they just, 
they just see the benefits that come along with being a business owner. And they only see like the Facebook highlight reel and social media, um, you know, everything that we talk about too. And they're like, I just want to own a business. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I just want to make, do something where I make money. You even have a family member, one of your younger siblings that has said this before. And kind of from that perspective, it's like, well, what do you want to do? And what do you feel uniquely qualified to do in this world that people would pay you money for? And so I think that's the first question. That's where you start. And um, we've seen it time and time again. Well, I bought this I bought this e-commerce business. Well, do you know anything about e-commerce? No. And is, are you passionate about it? Not really, but I'm passionate about the money it makes me. And it's like, that's probably going to fail pretty quick. So, um, but yeah, I think that's, that's just the step one. Are you passionate about it? Yeah, I think that's, we, and just like you said, just to piggyback on that, we have had so many people call in and say, you know, can you review the financial statements and the tax return? Can you just review the financial health of this potential business that I want to buy? Um, and then start asking that person questions about that business and, you know, kind of what led them in that direction for that industry and what their experience has been like and, you know, uh, where they want to take that business in the future. And those are really questions they cannot answer. They are coming from a completely different industry. They've had zero, zero experience in business ownership and then also zero experience in that specific industry. I think one was like a commercial door and window replacement or something, and they had no construction background, no um, no sales background, no business background. I mean, nothing even remotely related, no one in their family and no interest in it. And so it was like, wow, well, you know, this business can look great on paper. Um, but really what are you wanting to do with this? And it was, it was more of, well, I would like to own my own business and be a little bit more in control of my, you know, schedule and maybe even potential earnings and finances. Um, but that's, that's going to be hard to do if you don't have a direction or a knowledge base for that business. It can go the wrong direction real quick if you, if you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. And you have to go back, like, as if, if you're really interested in that, you have to go back to who you are as a person and how you're wired. And I think business owners are for the most part, and that's who we've worked with our whole career. And they're, they think a little bit different. Um, they're wired just a little bit different. Now we do have some people that are what we would call accidental business owners. They were really good at their trade An opportunity came up to start a practice or a business and they kind of fell into business ownership and they are, they need, they need a lot of the best ones in that situation outsource a lot. Like they, they know their specific skill set, whether it is, being the technician or the practitioner in their trade and they say no to everything else and employ people to help them do that. So that's kind of one area. The other is just the people that see the world a little bit different, see opportunity. Um, their risk aversion is a little bit different than the general public. And those are the ones that make huge strides. And so I'm lucky enough that probably my five closest friends are all wired that way. And maybe, maybe that's who I hang out with because that's who I connect with and can think like, and you know, we're all, we can get in trouble pretty fast. And so 
it just, you kind of have to, some people just have to be okay. Hey, I am a really good technician. I don't want to worry about all this stuff and I'm okay being a team member on a larger team. Um, I think you have to be really honest with yourself and, and go after things for the right reasons. You can still make money other ways. You can still invest, go do other small projects, but taking your primary source of income and having such a huge risk uh, could be, uh, could be bad. All right. What would you say would be next? So they need to have a passion um, for what they're going to do. And really that comes from the amount of hours that's going to be spent on that new business. Um, I, it's like a, a new baby, like a newborn, all of your time and attention, even when you're away from it, you're still thinking about it and you're planning for the next thing. So even though, yes, you have flexibility, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily cut off. It's more flexibility of you may be working, you know, late into the night or on a weekend. Um, I know there's definitely memes and TikToks and videos and everything going around that's, you know, I was tired of working my nine to five. So I opened my own business and now I work 24 seven. And so it's, it's real easy to fall into that, especially in the very beginning. And so what would you say is next after passion? What would you tell a new business owner or someone wanting to start their own business? After passion, you have to actually put it down on paper and pass it around and see if other people believe in what, what you've documented and kind of test it in a market situation. Like would someone be willing to pay for this? Are there other people already doing this really, really well and can I compete? So it probably goes from passion to then the next step would be, um, you know, the more textbook scenario, like you've got business plans, meeting with advisors, is a bank going to lend you money? Is a partner going to invest all that good stuff to really get your, dump your brain onto the page, so to speak, and, and see if it's going to really take. That's right. I think definitely, you know, doing your research, doing your homework, looking at how other people are implementing that in ways that you can either improve upon what they're already doing to kind of set you apart in the market or things that you can learn from them. So you're not, you know, approaching this huge learning curve of going into this business, if there's other people in the in, in the similar or same industry that are doing it really well, then you want to get in front of those people. You want to get with those people and, and learn as much as you can from them yeah. and see how you can even partner or help them. Because uh, like we have experienced in our business, I mean, we were happy to pass along some clients that would be great for a new business owner, but didn't necessarily fit the services we were offering any longer. And so potentially you can piggyback off of a business who might have been seen as a competitor, but they're happy to pass along referrals or people who are not ideal clients for them onto you. Yeah. I love, um, I can easily see myself in people that start firms today, especially younger people who are coming out of firms and just want that freedom and not even the freedom from the time, but the freedom to say what they want to work on and how they want to serve a client. That That's more probably what drives uh, most people going out and starting CPA firms or accounting firms, bookkeeping firms. Now um, the, we, 
obviously our story is we've always shared referrals, people that just don't fit where we are, where our business services are today and where we're going with others. And so maybe someone wants to come in for an annual tax engagement. And obviously we're not taking those any longer just because we aren't, we aren't set up to do those uh, as well as some others who are newer and don't have the capacity issues that maybe we do. And so um, whenever we refer, like it catches some people off guard and they get, oh, I would have never thought another CPA would refer this type of project to me as another CPA. I would just view, you know, you as a competitor and it's like, hey, we are peers in this and it just kind of strikes people as odd. And the people that don't do that and hold so tight and say yes to everything that comes into the door though they are not serving their existing client base well, they're not going to serve that prospect as best as they possibly could. So we would much rather leave that prospect and that future, um, you know, service provider much better off than we found them by referring them to one another and just saying, hey, y'all work together. You need this done. You've got time. Go do it. And, you know, we're happy to make the introduction. And that's really all we've done. And people love us for it. You know, I, I think I... I go back to the time whenever I started the firm in my twenties and I would have loved for some, somebody to do that. Now we got a couple of those along the way, but it just not, not to the extent that we feed those referrals to other people. So, um, that's, that's me going back to remembering when I was there and saying, I would have loved this and going one step further to say, Hey, here's a referral. If you have any other questions, just, you know, my door's always open. Like, let's go grab coffee, stop by the office, do whatever. I'm happy to answer conversations about what we did wrong in the early years where we've kind of made shifts and hopefully you don't have to learn from our mistakes. Like we've lived through the pain enough for both of us. So you just go do it right from the very beginning. For sure. So we've got passion, we've got planning and research. And then the next thing I think is super important because we did mention that small business can turn into a 24-7 uh, priority. We've called it a monster before as far as taking over your entire life. Um, I would say the next thing that a prospective business owner needs to do is really set out their ideal weeks and days of what they expect that to look like as a small business owner. So do you want to talk a little bit more about kind of that process and going from a, oh, this is getting um, too out of control, meaning this is taking up way too much of our personal time. We don't have great boundaries set around our business. What we did to kind of rein that back in and get it more to, um, that ideal setting of a small business and being in control of the business and not the business in control of our time. Uh, a great example of this is we have a, a young orthodontist who uh, just never wanted to work Fridays and he just never gave that as an option. And so he built his ideal work week around never giving Friday as an option. And so he built his patient roster and I'm sure people ask for Friday appointments and he just said, no, we don't have any available. I think his team is there a certain amount of time on Fridays, but he's not seeing patients. And so even that he's able to build what he wants. He's, he's kind of defined long-term. I never want to work a Friday. And 
why start doing that now if I'm not planning to do that later? Because it's just going to be that more, much more painful because people have realized, oh, I used to come in on Friday. Now he doesn't let me and there may be some heartburn. Um, the, the other situation that I, I keep coming back to in life, and we didn't take this advice, but when we were going through <laughs> marriage counseling, uh, I was thinking the exact yeah. same thing, right? When you were telling that story, I'm like, oh my gosh, because we totally did we not We did take not this take this advice. advice. And so I don't know if we, we've, <laughs> we've done okay, uh, up to this point, but you want to give that story and that background of the advice we did not take? So- yeah, so we were in, that's funny that we were both thinking the same thing. Uh, we were in premarital counseling, and our pastor at the time said to not start um, things that you don't want to continue through the rest of your marriage. And one of those things was uh, working and having a dual income. If if you want your wife, if you, if I wanted to be a stay at home mom or a stay at home wife, that we should not start our marriage with me working because it would be a much harder transition to go from having the dual incomes, two careers, all of the things that come with that going down to one. Um, we did not take that advice. And, you know, I would say, out of all of that, probably the money aspect, the financial aspect was probably the easiest thing to go from um, having the, I guess, like identity in teaching for me, having, you know, just, I don't know, a different set of a friend group, um, lots of things insurance. Um, that was on a good insurance plan. It was, it was insurance. Um, were, like it didn't matter if it was good. It was <laughs> something. That's right. There were a lot of factors besides just the actual paycheck that was hard to step away from, um, at the end of the day when I decided to leave teaching and that wasn't even to leave teaching that the consideration wasn't even to just go and, you know, focus all of my time and attention in our home. Um, it was, it was to come work at Dillon CPAs. And so, yeah, definitely same there is, is really to be intentional with what you want the end to look like. So start with the end in mind. So really, as we're talking about building those ideal days and weeks, what do you want it to look like when you've gotten past the startup, past putting in all the sweat um, and tears and time? What do you want it to look like after that? Because you do not have to do that for the whole entirety of the business. So I think you, you've hit it. Like you, you put on paper, what are your one, three, five, 10 year goals? What are, what does success look like for you? And you work towards that or you back into it. And so you pay attention to that plan and you update it as you go. And, um, the other, the other thing kind of going back to that marriage counseling is, you know, God had a plan there. And so, um, you found your love for teaching, you found your, you know, deeper love for kids and saw great success there. You kind of went out on top as teacher of the year. And, um, so I think you wouldn't have seen all of that good growth that, um, elevated you overall as a person and gave you confidence to do other things. And so I, you know, being flexible, in the first few years of business ownership too, goes a long way. 
And so I think you can have a plan, you can put it down on paper, but there are things in the economy, health things, family things that all come up that are way more important than maybe what you originally put on paper. And so even, even we get, or I get, um, caught up in, in, you know, the, the day to day, the week to week, the month to month. And it's like, are we doing what we set out to as goals? And, you know, we're preparing for a, um, staff retreat in August and our team retreat and, um, kind of revisiting those goals that we had set like back in August when Chris started and he was, you know, kind of figuring out this business development role and everything there. So we were paying attention to those goals. And then also the goals that we set with the team as a whole on revenue and growth and new client uh, goals, uh, revisiting those. And it's amazing. Uh, we're hitting those and we're doing such a good job, but you know, depending on the day, it feels like you're not winning. And whenever you back up and look at it, it's like, no, this is all going according to plan that changes your mindset that gives you a little bit more freedom to go try new things and experiment and, you know, think about, okay, this is going really well. Our one year stuff is hitting. What do I need to be doing today for your three and your five goals? You know, so how do I need to be planting seeds? How do I need to be investing in technology or processes? And because if we just try to go after one year goals every year, there's going to be a blow up somewhere down the road, just because you, you have not thought through scale of something. And so I think that's where our industry as a whole gets pigeon toed, you know, like they just think every year, one year goals, and it's all around people and throwing people at problems. You, you have to back up and just say, where is, what are the trends? Where are we going? What is three, five, 10 years look like? And so after you put it on paper, be real flexible, Keep reviewing the paper, write it in pencil, keep updating it, and then, you know, go from there. And, and every day is a new day, but look back and see where, where you've been. Yeah, and I think really if one of your top reasons for starting your own business or running your own small business is flexibility, you need to seriously think about what does that look like? Does that mean that you're at, you know, 90% of your kids' functions? Is that why you're wanting the flexibility? Or does that mean you're wanting to take, let's say, three vacations per year? Is, is that what flexibility means to you? And so then you need to look back as you are a business owner. If you're not taking the time to do those things, you need to look at how you've set up your business and make some tweaks so that you can make those possible. Because it is easy to say, I can't make that basketball game tonight. Or, you know, we have a vacation plan for the summer. We don't need to go right now. And so it's easy to start putting things off and letting the business creep in. So that's why it's really important to put down on paper what you mean by, I just want it to be, you know, I just want to have more flexibility or I just want to, um, make more money. Like what does that really look like to you? And, uh, not, not necessarily that your goals just have to be a certain revenue mark for your small business. And I think it's important. You did a great job there. I think it's important to put the business goals and the personal goals. And so maybe it is, we we're going to take three vacations a year. This, this business that we created is to support what we want in life. So, 
I want to make 75%, 80% of the band concerts, the basketball games, whatever that is. And so if you're keeping track of it and things aren't going the way, like you need to change, you need to do something different and get back and you need to be okay saying, well, that was a failure. How do we never do that again? And um, maybe it's outsourcing, maybe it's hiring another person internally, maybe it's not doing a service, maybe it's not having so many clients. There's different things that everybody can evaluate in their business. So um, you just, you have to pay attention to the metrics and the numbers, especially in in the uncertainty of a climate that we're, we're in or about to enter. And it's never been more important to be the best business owner as much as possible and stay focused on goals. And we got kind of lazy over the last couple of years as a whole, just because money was free flowing in the economy, everybody was encouraged to spend. And now that some of that's coming, you know, getting kind of reined in, it, it does need to be an area of focus um, for all people. And so the other thing that, the thing that I love in times like this though, are there are opportunities that present themselves for people because maybe someone gets laid off and they never would have taken that chance to go start that business if that never happened. So you do see some of that in a new economy or, or in this economy where we're in, like these new businesses that pop up because of something else. And so there will be some of that and happy, you know, I'm happy to to watch that happen. And those business owners that really are not, I guess, forced to start their dream, if that is the, the right term there. So. Yeah. So seasoned uh, business owners have already gone through these steps, but as an accountant for a brand new uh, business owner, what would you say practically they need to do? The passion is there. The business plan is there. The uh, ideal week and schedule and goals, they have all been thought through and they're there. They are ready to get started. Who are some of the people they need to talk to or what are some of the things that they need to do um, from the very beginning to get their business yeah. going? Other than like uh, a mentor or a peer that may be in that industry or business line, um, th that's a great start because just like I said, like, hey, we've got referrals coming in. We can't serve. So I just need somewhere to send them or I need somebody that these people can call. So putting feelers out there is always a great start just to kind of build your networking and business development side. Um, from an administrative or housekeeping side, obviously an accountant or, or a bookkeeping firm, kind of someone to pay attention to the numbers and speak into those numbers and make sure all the compliance stuff is staying up to date and you're, it's a lot easier to stay compliant than to get out of trouble. And so would, would highly recommend that. Um, and that's scary for a, for a new start business because they don't know what budget should be. They probably, no one ever told them you have to plan for this expense. So they just didn't build it into their business plan. So, so that's number one or two. The other is an attorney, very similar to an accountant. Um, you know, make sure that you don't have a legal issue down the road, banker, insurance, all those people are going to help guide you. And, you know, the banker and insurance agents, they typically don't charge by the hour, whereas an attorney would, um, an accountant, we don't charge by the hour, but, you know, some do. And so th those are pieces of advice. So three out of the five there, 
you know, doesn't cost anything to go talk to somebody. And most of the people that we've seen in each of those different areas are more than willing to help people that are coming from the right place. You know, there's this um, grind, you know, hustle mentality that you see on social media. And that's, you know, that's just probably not genuine to some. And if you do truly have a heart, you've gone through the process of putting your business plan on paper, want to discuss that with somebody else, then I'm sure you can find people that want to talk to you about it. Yeah. And I, you know, the hustle culture, hustle mentality, I think that that's just taken sometimes out of context. I mean, it's just the old saying like work smarter, not harder, just because you're putting in more and more and more hours doesn't mean you're getting the same return on that investment of time um, all the way through. So it's more about being intentional about what you're doing, um, talking to the right people, having the right support system and network around you as you're getting started so that you're not just spinning your wheels. You're not just wasting time, but you're actually investing time and seeing a return yeah. on that. Um, even even that term grind, you know, like how long are you willing to grind? Um, the piece of advice there from a, you know, from the accounting bookkeeping advisor CFO side of me is as you're starting a new business, really determine how much you're willing to invest in yourself. And is that a certain dollar amount? Is that a certain amount of time? And before you really start to see a return on your investment, whether that's time or money. And so the number one step, you don't have to go start an LLC. You don't have to go do anything crazy. Just open up a new bank account and fund it. And so put a reasonable amount of money to where you're not funding that every day or paying for things out of your personal account or anything like that, but go fund that account, run your new business out of that account as much as possible. And then you have one place to go for, hey, is there more money there today than I started with? No. Okay, then something's not right. Uh, you know, as accountants, we have to speak into, okay, did you take a personal distribution or was it all expenses? That's why there's not, not as much money there. So, uh, but it's going to be a lot easier for you to find somebody to work with if you started a business, opened up a bank account, and it's all in one place versus, oh, I funded it with my personal cards uh, personal accounts, you know, and it's just, that's kind of what gives people, um, a lot of pause whenever accepting new clients, just because it's such a big project coming in. So that that's from my, you know, technical advice on anyone that wants to start a new business is the best way to start. That's great. And then let's end, let's end this episode with what would you recommend as far as a book or two or podcast or two for someone considering uh, small business ownership? What should they be reading or listening? So to? there's so many uh, kind of keep coming back to, you know, some of the Mike McCallowitz stuff is really easy reading. You know, if you do like profit first or uh, the toilet paper entrepreneur or, um, you know, just there, there's a whole handful of his stuff. I can't spell his last name uh, very well, but if you just Google profit first, um, the main book will come up. 
Um, E-Myth is one that you can kind of get into after maybe you've made some mistakes or you can read it ahead of time. Um, it just, it, it talks about the entrepreneurial journey and how everybody is guilty of certain things in their businesses, no matter the industry or the, the product or service. So E-Myth is really good. And then one that I'm listening to right now, um, is, is by an influencer called uh, The Power of One More. Uh, his name is Ed Milet. And so I'm, I'm having fun listening to that, reading that. I kind of listen to Ed's podcasts a little bit too. And uh, he's a motivational, you know, leadership guy. And um, it, it's just, it's good to hear that stuff. It's fresh content. It's, it's not too regurgitated from other people. So um, those are three really good options as far as authors, I would say. Yeah. Any podcast you would recommend? Uh, for this one's to great, to? Yeah, but if they're here, they're already listening to it. Um, so <laughs> I listen to a lot of industry podcasts because I want to stay ahead of trends. So I listen to um, anything that obviously Rootworks puts out because I know those guys really well and I'm fans of all their content. Um, that's accounting side. So accounting probably there. Um, I also listen to some of the bigger on the accounting side, I listen to some of the bigger like trends, whether that's accounting today or some of the AICPA stuff, just to see what the big firms are doing, which will trickle down the industry into other businesses. So there's a lot of, uh, mergers and acquisitions, private equity conversations going on right now, you know, just trying to pay attention to what that could mean for, um, opportunities in our world as far as the clients that don't fit in some of those larger firms. So paying attention to that from a, uh, I would consider like business and leadership, the two. Um, so I listen to a lot of Andy Stanley. I have a couple of his podcasts that I listen to who Andy is a pastor and then, uh, Craig Rochelle, um, who is a pastor as well. So, um, you know, he's got a leadership podcast and then life church, um, which, you know, they developed the, the Bible app that's on most iPhones probably. And so um, both of those guys I respect very highly and, you know, their content is really good. And even though they lead churches, a lot of that does transfer over to the business or for-profit world. Um, so uh, those are a couple of business leadership podcasts that I, that I follow. Or what do you call someone that leads a podcast? Not an author, like a speaker? host a host yeah so i listen to those the the dave ramsey stuff i kind of listen to michael hyatt as well so um you know you you kind of get in this circle of people and they they have the same guests and they talk about the same things and it's you know there's a lot of overlap there but i probably need to listen to something three to four times before things really sink in anyway so um you know it's all it's all good yeah, I agree. I think you, I think you do need to hear it through your, and then I'll own it as my own idea. You, really you know, it's understand. like, I thought of this. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's Hey, yeah, in my yeah, maturity, I'm exactly really right. coming to terms with that's who awesome. I am. So <laughs> that's, uh, the, yeah, the first thing is yeah. acknowledging it, right? <laughs> Acknowledge and accept it. All right. Well, it's been a great conversation. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.